The following podcast is sponsored by Endgame PR, a social media PR firm based near Richmond, Virginia. To learn more about how Endgame PR can help your business with media relations, social media management, content creation, and even podcast production, please visit endgamepr.com. That's E-N-D-G-A-M-E-P-R.com. Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Oh, isn't that just fantastic? Wasn't that just wonderful? And not because of the typical things, although I guess if you want to talk about a typical thing, Highland getting 20 points. Uh, was typical, although atypical in that a double-double. I mean, I tell you, I don't know what was going on with Bones Highland at the early portion of the game, but after he came in, after what was it, about the 10-minute mark or what after, just sitting for a while, holy mackerel, Bones Highland was almost near perfect in the first half, and and he was the reason they were – he was the biggest reason they were up eight. But the game he had, folks, 7-12 from the field, so – you know, he doesn't take a shot in the first 10 minutes. So you think he's going to come in and force it. No, doesn't do that. He made one really terrible decision tonight, and that was the foul on a three-point play. Um, other than that, Bone, I mean, again, if, if you're telling me Bones Highland plays a perfect game, this is what it looks like. 7-12 from the field, makes all four free throws, 12 rebounds, 12 stinking rebounds. A.O. had the most for Richmond with seven. Highland had 12 and six assists, one turnover. The, vi- the w- vision with Wade, the way he's seeing the floor right now, unbelievable. Six assists, excuse me, six assists, two turnovers, but six assists, way he's seeing the floor right now. And, 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 and Urbanski, you're absolutely right about Hassan Ward. Hassan Ward, we talked about it on here before. He is a weapon on the defensive end of the floor. He was in their head from the damn get-go. Think about all the close shots uh, Richmond missed in this game. And it's because when Ward's out there, you got to be watching because you don't know where he's coming from. He could be behind you, and because he's got such length, he's going to swat the ball away. He's he's in front of you. you got to try to figure out a way to get it over him. And here's the thing that's so great, and Douglas did this too. God, I love Douglas so much. I mean, his stat sheet isn't going to wow anybody, but I just love Douglas so much because of the way he plays defense. You, you've got a shot fake. These guys were doing these shot fakes. Golden was doing it. KO was doing it. The guards were doing it. And only a couple times did they get VCU in the air. The discipline of Douglas and Ward, it's what makes them so great defensively. They are so disciplined. And they're not falling, for the, they're not falling in the trap that often. And you know what? They got, they're getting the blocks as a result. Let's see here. What did they end up as I as I move this over just slightly to see how many? I think they ended up with seven blocks. I didn't even realize they had three in the first half. Uh, they ended up with seven, six, seven total. And we'll get to that, Todd. We'll absolutely get to that uh, from some freshmen coming up. Both the freshmen that played that played significant minutes had a nice game tonight, and I was very happy with both of them. But yeah, Ward is Ward is a weapon not only because of his comfort at defending anywhere on the floor. You saw it tonight with Richmond. He's in their heads totally. 
Uh, they miss shots close in, a lot of them, that I guarantee you any other time, any other time, they'd make them. And, and, here's, the, and here's the illustration. You want to pay it off? Let's, let's, let's pay it off here. They were 17 of 42 from inside. Yeah, root beer, celebratory root beer because I'm working tomorrow, so I can't have any beer, real beer or anything like that. 17 of 42. And that's right, Todd. VCU, the team that has a zillion steals, and, oh, they've got to turn people over. They only had two steals. Richmond got six turnovers, and that's it. And it didn't make a difference. They still won the game because they they played such good half-court defense. And, and when they didn't, when they didn't chase the ball around the perimeter, when they didn't try and double inside and do all this other stuff and get, get caught in the trap, that, that's what happens. Here's the funny thing. VCU crushes them on the boards, but because of the turnovers, Richmond gets 10 more shots and they still lose. Richmond got 61 shots. VCU only had 51. VCU ending up at over 50% as well. Uh, there's no question about it, Doug, but here's the thing. They're, they're, that's true about them being tired, and certainly the COVID pause, I think, has got something to do with that because you – it, you could see it with St. Louis. It took St. Louis a few games. They lost two of their first three. They're now rolling. They, it took them time to get their legs back. But I'll tell you, it was VCU just, just being there every time. The rotations were so good, and they were so crisp. And because they weren't – I mean, you think about their only three in the second half. It's Francis's only three in the game, and it's because they tried that silly trap in the backcourt. And that's the other thing. Blake Francis had 12 points. VCU gave him about seven of those. That's the three that he got. They they had him. They 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 had just gotten a great basket from Baldwin uh, to kind of steady things, and they tried a trap that didn't make any sense at all. And Gilliard found Francis, and that's the only three he hits. He had two other runout steals that he got. They when Francis had to get his own offense, he did nothing. Highland and Baldwin locked him up completely tonight. Yes, yeah, Stephen, uh, Ace, Ace had some bad passes tonight. Williams had some bad passes. I mean, Williams had two assists and five turnovers. Williams just did not have a good night. He didn't make his free throws except for the last one, and that did, and, and that did, and that's the other thing too. One of the reasons they were ahead in the first half they made the free throws in the first half. They made their free throws in the first half. Uh, they were. Uh, let me see here. Uh, they were five. They were five of six from the foul line in the first half, and they're thirteen of sixteen from the game. And 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 there's just so many different things to pick out. You know, Williams struggled tonight. A lot of times that'd be bad for them, uh, but it wasn't tonight. Um, they didn't get. They didn't force the kind of turnovers you'd expect them to force. Uh, they didn't make a. They didn't make a three pointer in the second half. Didn't make a three pointer in the second half. VCU. And here's and and again here's the here's the key. They only took six of them. They only they didn't force it, and that's the thing. This team is so good when they let the game come to them. And yes, Isaac, you're absolutely right about that. Defense and foul shooting is what gets you, what can get you a long way in March. It's like it's like walks and two out base hits in baseball. They say they get you to heaven. It's the same thing with defense and foul shooting. Uh, yeah, and what? Yeah, Watkins did pick, and Gene Cox. That's absolutely right. Jameer Watkins, best game he's had in a VCU in a VCU shirt since he showed up here. Um, five of eight from the field, three assists, one turnover. Uh, one of the plays of the game 
Highland tries that long pass, and I'm thinking this is going to be a turnover because they just had three turnovers in a row. They were letting Richmond hang around. He makes a great catch and dunks that home and finally dunks one home because he misses dunks like crazy, which I don't understand. But he had a really good game tonight, Watkins. You know, 10 points, three assists. Uh, you know, you, 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 you can't turn your nose up at that. Brown Jones had a couple good plays, but he was a, he was, it was a mismatch when he had to guard KO, and at least they recognized that and got him out of there. But, uh, you know, this defense, this defense, and down the stretch, you talk about stopping people. We talked about it. End of the first half, I mentioned it in the game thread. They get the lead at 20 to 18, Richmond, with seven and a half minutes left to make two field goals in the last seven and a half minutes. Let's get to the second half here. Let's get to the second half of this game. Talk on it because I'm trying to get the play-by-play up here. The second half of this game, so uh, Richmond makes misses like was it? They made one of their last fifteen. So let's see here. Let's the the key point. Where where is it when they get it close again? Okay, so they make the field goal. Francis with the with the layup off the turnover, fifty two fifty three for Richmond. That's seven oh seven. So if I'm not mistaken, they make one field goal. In the last seven oh seven, and I'm not even might not even be right. Yeah, they made Nathan Ko. There you go. So they made two field goals in the last seven and a half minutes of the first half. They made one field goal in the last seven minutes and seven seconds in the second half. So that's you know that's not quite half the game, but that's nearly fifteen minutes of the game. Three field goals, and that is that is that is just you're you're not going to lose when you're doing it. You're not going to lose when they do it. Uh, and yes, Todd. This defensive performance, one of the best of the season, because that is a very good Richmond offense. They talked about it during the game, how, how they were how they were in the average in the seventies. Uh, they did a they did a number on these guys. They did a number on them defensively. You know, here I mean here here you go to give you an idea. Nathan Ko five of eleven of eleven from the field, so he he had the best game of anybody by far. Eight on that team, they had eighteen. He had eighteen point seven seven rebounds. 5-11 from the field, 8-9 from the foul line. The rest of the team was 15 of 50. 15 of 50, that's 30%. That, uh, like I said, Francis should have had next to nothing tonight. We gave him almost all the points he had. Gilliard, he got some assists, but they guarded him well. He was only 4 of 11. Jared Golden had him tied up in knots. Had him tied up in knots. And yes, Doug, one of the big difference between last year and this year is the help side defense because instead of us trapping and getting ourselves in trouble and getting out of defensive shape and allowing teams to just keep making the extra pass until they get the open shot, when they get the ball and they're getting ready to shoot, the help's coming at the right time from the right angle. You know, Watkins did that. Douglas did it tonight and got a block. They're doing a great job on that. Um, and and. It it just it wiped Golden out of the game tonight, really, because he was trying he was trying all his tricks, all the shot fakes and all the passing and all that other stuff. He was he was pulling everything out of his arsenal he could. None of it was working. Um, so let's see here, uh, who else? Oh yeah, and I talked about Douglas already, but I just want to talk about him again. That is, I think what we're going to see, or what I hope we're going to see, unless Stockard's having a really good game. You got to go Douglas and Ward down the stretch because defensively, especially defensively, defensively they are so imposing and they've been so good. And I'll tell you something, 
When we get to St. Louis next week, that's going to be the real acid test for these guys going up against French, Hassan French and those guys inside because we know how rough and tough they are. This will be quite uh, – Stephen, that's a good question. This game will be a uh, – uh, well, the game at Richmond, excuse me. That will be a quad one because Richmond's top 75 in the net. This is a quad two win for us because we're at home. Uh, and yes, Doug, and honestly, Doug, you're absolutely right about – the unforced turnovers, because you look at about 16 turnovers, I'd say anywhere from 8 to 10 of them was just was just really bad plays by VCU, completely and utterly unforced, especially early in the game. You know, they had they had they had flipping six turnovers, I think six minutes into the game. So when you look at it in that context, they actually didn't do too bad a job after the start. But really, seriously, they could have won this game at a canter. They easily could have won this game. By the kind of margin you're talking about, 15 to 20 points. But man alive, this, I just, there was just so many things. There were just so many things here that were so wonderful. And the rebounding, they absolutely wiped the floor with them on the rebounds. 43 27. Think of that, plus 16. Second chance points wasn't that big because they were equal on offensive boards, but that's the thing. Richmond could get all those extra shots, but if they're getting all those extra shots and they're missing and you're getting the rebound, so what? So what? And and that's that is the way you that's the way you stop. That's the way you win here in these games is getting them is is one and out, one and out, one and out every time. Yeah, the lack of depth really did hurt them. It but a lot of things really hurt them. This did this Richmond team, the, the Richmond team that we'll face at the Robin Center, presuming they don't have any more pauses, will be better than the one we face tonight. So we gotta understand, we gotta realize that, understand that, and say, okay, you know, that's that's oops, sorry about that. Uh that's that's the thing we gotta remind ourselves of is that second game off a of pause, this this is not a, a team, this this Richmond team is not as good as the one we're gonna face, which means some of the problems we had tonight, we do got to we do have to tighten up. We do have to tighten up. But the rebounding was just outstanding tonight. And again, guards rebounding. Highland had eight of them in the first half. He ends up with twelve. Baldwin has seven. You know that ties Ward. So they're your two of your top three rebounders are your backcourt. Guards rebound. Your team does great rebounding. And and Watkins gets three. Vince get Williams gets four as well. So that's that's terrific. Um, but they just that was tremendous. That was tremendous. And it's like there there's few things in life more deflating than playing great defense for 25 to 30 seconds. You get the miss, they get the rebound and they score. It just knocks you flat. And that wasn't happening tonight. Uh let's see. We talked about the foul shooting, which was really good from VCU's perspective. Um Mm, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, oh, this is what I want to talk about. The next game, I believe, is uh, Mason, and and of course, it is easy to think, you know, Mason. They're kind of struggling at the, the bottom end of the conference. Whatever. If there ever was a trap game, this was it, because you've just played Richmond, huge win, emotional win because it's a rivalry, and then the next game after Mason is the absolute gigantic huge game with St. Louis absolutely massive so Sam with that that Mason game in the middle could be it can be dangerous for that reason and let's remember what happened last year 
This downward spiral started by losing to Mason at home. Started with that game. And, and VCU must realize the things that are in front of them. They have as clear a path to the championship as possible. Because if they if they win all these, if they manage to win all these games, then the percentage thing or whatever, whatever formula the A10 decides to use, VCU's gonna VCU's gonna have the best record and get the number one seed, and we'll see what happens. You know, but it's not just that. It's the opportunity to move up in this bracket. Because if you're if you're listening to this and you're not a and you're not a you don't like the uh, the good, the bad, the ugly group on Facebook, I like to do something called VCU by the numbers, where we look at you know the bracket positioning, net, Ken Palm, all these things, and they've been moving up in everything, and now. They're in the they're in the field. They're solidly in the field. They're the AQ. They're at, they're not even in the play-in games as a result of being slotted as the AQ, the automatic qualifier that is in the in the A10. They're sitting on the 11 seed. But when you look at the seed lists and you look at the teams in front of them, it's razor flipping thin. It really is razor flipping thin. And I'm telling you, they could move up several seed lines. They could move. They could get. If they could keep on winning, they could get all the way to a point where they're wearing a home jersey in round one of the NCAA tournament. I really believe that. The opportunity is there for them, but they've, they've got to take it, and they can't afford a bad loss, and George Mason at home would be a terrible loss. They can't have that. So they're going to be feeling really great. You've just beat your rival. Your rival that kicked the living blankety-blank out of you at the Robinson Center, don't forget, last time. And that's the other thing, too. Certain. I, I wonder how much there was discussion in that locker room, especially from the guys that were here last year, about the way the Spiders just walloped them from pillar to post in that game at the Robbins Center. It was such a destruction. It was absolutely embarrassing. There were a lot of low points in February last year. That was probably the lowest. And I and I and I think what you saw from a lot of guys out there tonight was the determination that that nonsense wasn't going to happen again. They showed they showed the ability. They they showed tonight that they were not going to sit here and get their and get their doors blown off and get run over the way they got run over in the Robins Center tonight. I mean, they were sloppy on offense, yes. There were times when they were too sped up, but the commit the energy level was great. The commitment on defense was there from the start. Because they struggled out, kind of coming out of the gate, scoring the basketball, and their defense kept them in it. They didn't get buried in the game, you know, like the West Virginia game, for instance, this year, where they where they kind of got themselves buried a little bit and couldn't couldn't get the boulder up the hill. This team defensively did did the job early when they had to, when they could have. Where last year they'd have been way behind, they'd have gotten down like fifteen to two to Richmond, and they'd have been in big trouble. This year they didn't get down that far. Because defensively, they were committed from the get-go. Every time committed from the get-go. Uh, you know, that is uh, that that was just and, – and that's the difference, and that's such a great difference. And, you know, the seeding thing, people are now discussing that in the chat. I, if they get a home jersey in round one, if they can get that far up the seed list, I don't care if it's an eight or a seven or whatever. Uh, that would be a heck of an achievement. Uh, considering where they were, look, they only have just got into the bracket in the last week and a half. If they can move up that much, and they and I do believe they have that opportunity, if they can keep winning, 
then doggone it, that's you know that's that's a that's going to be a heck of an achievement. And you just and you never know, you never know playing these one seeds what can happen in round two if you get that far. But that's we're putting several cards before the horse. Mason Saturday, don't you know they've got they they the 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 chance of letting down is something is something that they got to watch out for because Mason look uh they're not great obviously we know this uh they you know they they've uh they haven't been able to get where they needed to go because of a variety of of issues but for them this is kind of their this is kind of their moment this is this is the one that matters because to, at least from their end it is a rivalry it does matter they don't like us VCU's been in their way a lot and and believe me uh they enjoyed winning that game at the at the Siegel Center last year and then they enjoyed what happened afterwards so you know for Mason this is this is it for them and of course you know they can they could they could give their late season burst as they try to get up the get up the standings uh they try to get up the standings in the 810 a real boost if they could go to go to VCU and win so VCU's got to take this take it seriously take it seriously understand what's in front of you and that you can't sit here and 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 stub your toe at home against a team that you were definitely better than and you can definitely beat you look at the game up in up in Fairfax when we when they played them earlier VCU had a little bit of drift at the end of the game and yes Steven they do need to treat him like a rival VCU fans don't but but VCU players need to they did drift a little bit at the end of that game the end of that game got a lot more interesting than it should have so VCU's got to guard against that Take that last seven, eight minutes of that game where defensively they just strangled the life out of Richmond. Take that kind of attitude into Saturday, and it's not going to be a problem. You're going to roll, and you're going to roll nicely. Uh, that's that kind of that middle that kind of middle approach will will be enough will should be enough to get them over the line against George Mason. And then after that, you know, a- after George Mason. To me, it it gets fun because you're looking at games where all of them are against teams that are that are that are fighting to finish high up in the conference. There's no bad losses in any of the bunch because three of them are on the road. I still think they're going to have to replace that third Dayton game with somebody else. I don't know who. Uh, I think they need to do that. Uh, and you know, let's 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 find a way to win this Mason game. Let's hope. Let's hope that they're not they don't have that inevitable letdown in between the Richmond game and the St. Louis game. And, you know, let's let's keep this let's keep this march towards the A ten regular season championship going because I'm telling you, uh, this has been impressive. And yes, Todd, great point. Six wins in a row. Richmond, St. Bonaventure, at Rhode Island, which is just that's larger and larger win every Every game, when you see how Rhode Island's played in these other games, uh, LaSalle, and then you know beating Dayton twice, absolutely huge. Uh, and yeah, I, I wouldn't mind a second Davidson game, even though that means it'd be back to back. I think they should play UMass. I would, I would be happy to play UMass because UMass is still still figuring in this mess if they can ever get restarted. Oh, and 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 uh, and, and even though we've talked about it before, I want to call for it again. There has to be a minimum games. Minimum conference game standard for the tournament, because you know we can't have 
Granted, it's not, it doesn't look like it's going to be a problem in part because VCU keeps on winning, but I really don't want to see a team play half the conference games at VCU and get seated over them because of win percentage because that would be nonsense. That would be nonsense. So UMass and Richmond and St. Louis need to get their butts in gear, need to get these games played, need to find where they can find games to play in conference to make them up. They need to do it. All right, so that is it. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you're listening to this on, on Podbean or Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, share it around, all that other stuff. Everybody in the group, thank you for watching this, uh, watching this live with me, and thank you for all the comments. Keep commenting because we like – or excuse me, I like the conversation. And, um, man, I just it's great to beat the rival. It's great to get back on them, but it's, it's great to just sort of take their will. That's what VCU did in that final eight minutes. They took their will, and it was fantastic. So thank you all for listening. Uh, look forward to talking to you after the Mason game, although, again, I won't, be, I won't be live with you on Facebook for those of you watching on Facebook Live because I am working. But I'm looking forward to talking to you on Saturday when hopefully they will beat Mason and set, set themselves up for a great finish to the season. Thank you, and have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. To participate in the post-game Facebook Live with George, join the Facebook group VCU Basketball Fans, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.